It's Jim, it's the World of Bonds, it's Monday the 4th of July 2022. Happy Independence Day to Americans. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. Well, I'm on top of the work fancy tour de France League this morning. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the first time ever, I think. Thanks to three second places in a row for Wout van Aert. Um, it will never last, but it's been nice while it has. And it was a good weekend all round, not just sport. Uh, last night was LCD Sound System at Brixton Academy. I think possibly thinking about it, the last great band that there's in history, basically. I think they formed in 2002, same year as Arctic Monkeys, and you know they might be up there as well. But since then, there hasn't been a great band um, developed. So uh, you know that's a challenge to the younger generation, I guess, to, to come up with something good. Over to you, kids. It's a US holiday, as I mentioned before, so it's going to be quietish today. But last week, I guess, was anything but quiet. There's been a significant change in the narrative in markets. I think that's the most important thing that's going on at the moment. We have moved on, despite um, some still elevated inflation numbers. And, you know, last week I hinted that North Rhine-Westphalia's lower than expected German regional inflation number might be a kind of... uh, presage of uh, lower inflation numbers and the kind of narrative that had developed that we were nearing the peak in inflation. That hasn't happened yet. Inflation numbers in Europe and elsewhere are still relatively robust, still very robust, still uh, heading up towards 8, 9, 10% in certain areas. But the overall market narrative have moved on from inflation and is now laser-focused on recession. Some people even suggesting that um, we, we have a, a kind of sentiment in indicator in the US called ISM, which is a kind of purchasing manager's um, survey of um, you know sentiment in manufacturing, basically. And that was extremely weak at the end of last week. Um, and people suggesting that that might suggest that bits of the US are already in recession and that there might be a wider global recession on the horizon. So uh, the investment banks are busy taking out rate hike forecasts for next year, still obviously forecasting hikes for the remainder of this year, but not quite as aggressive as they were. And it's not just the US where people are worried about recession. I, I think Europe and particular Germany is a big focus and this is about natural gas prices obviously they're up 40 50 60 percent year to date um and that's going to have significant impact on an economy that's very manufacturing and chemicals based so putting these things together weak us weak europe and you saw big big rallies in 10-year government bonds last week huge rallies really um you know, um, bonds minus 20 basis points, US treasuries minus 25 basis points, and the market now taking out rate hikes too. So over the course of last week, took out one in the UK, uh, one in the US, two in Europe. Um, so the, the peak terminal rates of this cycle, expectations are coming down. The other interesting number economically that's come out is the German trade number. Not something that people normally focus on, partly because there's always an assumption that Germany always runs trade surpluses. And, you know, to be fair, it has done for decades and decades. Remember, it has big chemical sector, car exporting sector, and obviously high value add manufactured goods, you know, technologically advanced 
equipment used for capex but obviously since the slowdown you know china's not buying so much of that fancy equipment um car exports have slowed supply disruptions that we all know about etc etc and for the first time since 1991 germany ran a trade deficit um last month so you know this is a significant development really and we, we talked also about the us running up a, uh, a bit of a trade deficit uk obviously a trade deficit as well so it's not just germany but germany did have this reputation as a trade surplus nation and you know looking around at some of the commentary there is a lot of schadenfreude around this from commentators uh, partly because people remembering the eurozone crisis when um I think that there was a perception that Germany saw trade deficits as a sign of almost moral weakness, that a trade deficit was something that uh, Greece, Portugal, Spain, etc. ran rather than, you know, solid Germany. And this was, a, this was something to be, uh, to aspire to and uh, a sign of moral strength. And so, you know, it's quite interesting that Germany has now moved into a deficit state obviously a lot down to the natural gas situation but there you are other big moves um, we talked about 25 basis point move in u.s treasuries um, but if you're looking for the best total returns of the week you would have invested in long dated index linked gilts on thursday lunchtime by the time the week ended on friday evening um, your total return would have been 21 percent so a 21% total return in a day and a half from long-dated linkers is pretty exceptional. Obviously, there's a hell of a lot of duration in long-dated index-linked bonds. Um, these are, I think, 2071 or something like that. Um, you know, so long-dated, long lots of duration. So yield moves have a big price move, but still 21% total return in a day is nothing to be sniffed at. And, um, you know, th this big move in linkers at the end of last week came at the same time i guess as people have started thinking about falling inflation and reaching the top of inflation and in the uk in particular about the potential for a vat cut and that's been floated in the papers over the past couple of days um potentially a, a value-added tax sales tax cut of maybe two and a half percent and Royal Bank of Canada have estimated that would take maybe 50 basis points off the headline rate of inflation. So, you know, not significant compared to energy prices, food prices and so forth, but something that the government is alleged to be thinking about at the moment um, as, uh, as its popularity or rather unpopularity grows uh, in, in kind of all respects, economic competence and moral competence. Finally, let's quickly think about credit because last week was a very, very brutal one for corporate bonds. Um, the kind of headline moves on the week, 10 basis points to 16 basis points for the investment grade indices, uh, 75 basis points nearly for the high yield indices. I mean, it's pricing in a really high level of defaults now, especially in high yield. So US high yield heading up towards 600 basis points spread. We're at 592. We were at 330 at the start of this year. So pretty much um, a, a doubling nearly of credit spreads for high yield. And that's obviously pricing in now a huge increase in the number of defaults, despite very, very low level of actual defaults. So 
I, I think that some commentators are suggesting that um, we're now pricing in fully a recession and a recessionary level of defaults in the marketplace. But it's uh, credit is pretty unloved at the moment. And remember that the sectors that are particularly getting hit at the moment are kind of real estate investment trusts, which really um, are getting hammered um, at the moment. So yields available there are up to eight, eight and a half percent. Elsewhere in the world, China, another property developer there, Shimao, defaulted last night, and that was about a billion dollars worth of bonds that it's defaulted on. So the kind of commercial property um, thing that started in China, people are getting nervous elsewhere, even though there's no no real direct link. And also, I guess there is some good news. You know, if we, it's been a fairly negative story from the podcast today. But on the whole, um, the Chinese news around COVID reopening has been relatively positive lately. You know, cases don't appear, the official case numbers don't appear to be um, rising exponentially in any way. They appear under control. And as a result of that, the government seems to be loosening some of its restrictions uh, day by day. So that should be good news for general sentiment over time. Uh, finally, thinking about the, the bubble and thinking about crypto, obviously crypto is having a really rough ride. Um, other things to note, I think NFTs, you're seeing almost no activity in NFTs anymore. There was a big, big boom in that marketplace, whether it was apes or, or anything else over the past year. We're now back down to levels from about a year ago, so virtually no trading going on there. That that marketplace appears to, to not be interesting to anyone anymore. And Bloomberg is running an article today about the impact of the crypto bust on um, kind of um, what do you call them? Veblen goods, kind of uh, show-offy stuff like Rolexes and so forth, and the prices of, of uh, high-end watches appear to be falling, and, and they're relating that to the collapse in crypto. You know that that is where people spent their profits from crypto over the, the years, and uh, so expecting a kind of wave of second-hand watches on the market um, for the coming period. Right, ten minutes done. Off we go. Have good weeks. Bye.